Dr. Pamela, and today we are going to discuss what it means to dismantle domestic violence. Domestic violence is an epidemic that impacts all of us in some way, shape, or form. We may have been desensitized to it because of overexposure to TV, or turned our heads from it when we saw it on, in the face of one of our coworkers or loved ones, dealt with the aftermath of it through the behavior of the children in our classrooms. No one is immune to it. Women, men, young, old, rich, poor, conservative, liberal, highly educated, or not educated at all. Even if domestic violence is not a part of your household, you can be sure that it is for someone you know and love, someone you work with, or someone in your own neighborhood. We all need to be aware, and we can all play a part in putting an end to the abuse in someone's life. Today, I am joined by two fighters, advocates, and experts on domestic violence who are here to share their stories and shed light on this important issue. Ms. Jen Doe, trainer for the Colorado Organization for Victim Assistance, is joining us on the phone from Colorado. And here in the studio, we have Ms. Paula Foster, author and founder of Fostering Hearts Foundation. Um, and we'll be looking, we'll be discussing postpartum depression, Stockholm Syndrome, violence against men, and so much more. So I urge you to listen closely today. As always, we've got trending topics to discuss, research to dish, and of course, my weekly balance challenge. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Live Exchange. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's a good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born. They're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face to face the academy of creative coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world make a positive change in yourself and the world go to academyofcreativecoaching.com your health is at stake diabetes diabetes cancer heart disease yeah right i'm too young to worry about all of that or am i millions of americans are being diagnosed younger and younger each year i guess it's really no surprise with how much our lifestyles have changed more fried fast foods extreme stress from work 176 million people in north america consume unhealthy drinks i know i do who could be next my brother my sister me Me? i think it's time to make a 
difference, and so should you. Extreme X2O Alkaline Water, designed to cleanse your body with just two simple steps, shake and wait. Not only will it help clean your kidneys, liver, and intestines, but it also helps with weight loss and anti-aging. Sign me up today. AbundantLifeMovement.com. You know, I better go call my sister to let her know about this. You should really tell a friend too, because is it really going to kill you to shake and wait? Hey, Dr. Phil here. You know, I help people solve difficult problems every day, but one problem has me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. Luckily, the Feeding America network of local food banks collects surplus food, giving hope to hungry children and their families. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Y'all need anything else? Sensation Station Network. All right. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking about domestic violence and how to dismantle it and what can be done. We need all of the information we can get so we can really understand it, how it starts, how to end it, all of that. Um, I have two guests here, and first I'm going to introduce our guest on the phone calling us from Colorado. We have Jen Doe. Jen Doe has over five years of experience working in the violence prevention field and currently works as a trainer for the Colorado Organization for Victim Assistance. Previously, Jen coordinated peer education programs at the high school and college levels and provided training and education related to interpersonal violence to a variety of audiences. She also served for just over a year as the coordinator for the Denver Metro Domestic Violence Fatality Review Committee and is especially passionate about the prevention of intimate partner partner violence. Jen is also a certified instructor through Fast Defense and has been teaching self-defense classes since 2014. She earned her master's in public administration at CU Denver with a concentration in the program on domestic violence. Thank you for joining us, Jen. Welcome. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yes, it's so great to have you. And um, and I'm also going to introduce our guest who's here in studio, and this is Paula Foster. Um, Paula has been here before. She came here almost exactly a year ago yes, when I looked at the almost, calendar. I was yeah. like, whoa. Um, she is the founder of Fostering Hearts Foundation, which aids and supports the community with initiatives against domestic violence through events, community outreach, and volunteer work. Fostering Hearts' goal is to open a transitional home for survivors and victims of domestic violence. She's also the author of The I Am, 30 Affirmations to Reaffirm Your True Self, Seven Keys to Fulfilling Your Purpose, Becoming the Author Within, and co-author of I Am Mother's Edition. As a survivor, Paula assists others in their walk to finding purpose and colliding with their destiny. Uh, destiny. She provides daily motivation, coaching, empowerment events, and more. Paula is a huge supporter of many as she understands what it's like to be on the battlefield and have to walk alone. Wow. Thank you both so much for joining us. Um, I would love to um, just give you both an opportunity to, beyond the bio that I just read, <laughs> share with us a little bit about how you got into what it is you're doing and um, and, and just kind of some of the, the day-to-day work that you do. If we can maybe start with Jen. Sure. Sounds good. Uh, so I guess I came to this line of work um, several years ago now after having my own experience with domestic violence. Uh, I had married my high school sweetheart when I was 18, and then um, after moving out to Colorado, uh, we'd been married about four years, I initiated 
a divorce or a separation after uh, just seeing some some changes and some incompatibilities in the relationship. I, at the time, I didn't I didn't recognize it as domestic violence or abuse, but realized later that it had been very emotionally abusive. There had been a lot of uh, power and control issues, jealousy, possessiveness, and things that um, didn't match, I guess, what my perspective of domestic violence was. And so right. at the time that I uh, decided to initiate that separation, the abuse escalated to more physical violence and um, ultimately actually ended up in him attempting to kill me. And my best friend who was with me at the time uh, was also attacked and didn't survive. So uh, I guess after that experience, I really started looking at what I had been taught about domestic violence and what I hadn't been taught and decided that I wanted to move into a line of work that would allow me to provide accurate education to other people around how to recognize domestic violence and to really kind of break down some of the the myths and misconceptions about what it looks like and, and try to bring light to some of the more emotional abuse. So right. wow. that's that's how I ended up here. Um, and yeah, I've been really enjoying doing the work, especially I did some prevention with high school students. And I think that was really meaningful to me because that was the age at which I got into this relationship. Um, yeah, so that's wow. what brought me here. And that is pretty young. I, I would definitely love to get into that a little bit too, just that, that whole factor of, you know, of age and, and what you're able to recognize. I mean, I know it's not specific to age, you right. know, really, but um, but I think that that's an important element to consider as well. Um, so Yeah, yeah. I think for people who don't have a lot of uh, relationship history, you know, a lot of background in dating, um, if we're not giving them accurate information they don't really have any anything else to go on except what they know right wow thank thank you so much for sharing that um so so you so from as you can see you know there's there's personal experience there's professional experience um here at the table so um so i i'm really grateful that the two of you are here to share so paula could you tell us a little about about yourself well i um i first encountered domestic violence probably around the age of 19 or 20 okay um which the is technically range right which is technically teen dating mm-hmm. um and like she said you don't really know the signs nobody has really shown you anything so when it became a point of family not supporting you and it's like okay as long as you're with him i don't want anything to do with you and things like that um it get it got kind of interesting because again no relationship experience no right. education on what to look for no insight no examples things like that and you're right. thinking okay this is this is okay he's an older guy you know let me just be quiet mm-hmm. let me just do what needs to be done yes and you know the first time that he was the first time he put his hands on me i had just had my first son by him and um was honestly driving down the street and I said something real slick to him. He didn't like it. And he backhanded me and I swerved into oncoming traffic. Wow. And I tell people it was by nothing but God's grace that I did not collide with that car mm-hmm. head on. And, of course, they tell you, oh, I'm not going to do it again. My bad. I had, He had the nerve to tell me, well, you're, I haven't hit anybody in five years. You made oh. me do this. Whoa. I said, oh, wow. okay. And still not to have somebody to advocate. Then at this point, now you're young, you're involved. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take it to anybody because now you're embarrassed because I didn't grow up around this. Yeah. I didn't, 
this is not what I witnessed. So how do you find yourself in a situation like that? Mm -hmm. And that abuse went on for probably about two to three years before I just finally one night I just laid in the bed for a couple of probably a couple of months to a year. I would just lay in the bed and say, Lord, if you just get me out of this, I promise you, Mm -hmm. I will do what I need to do to bring awareness and fight for those who don't have a voice until the day that you take my voice. Wow. And he definitely pulled me out of that situation. I, The day that it happened, I, it was nothing but him because we went to get an ultrasound. I was pregnant. By this time, I was getting ready to have his second, my third, but his my second by him. And we came from the doctor's office, and he said to me, um, I need a key to the house. What you need a key to the house for? You don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. All you do is sit around and snort cocaine and get high and do law. You don't need, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you don't you don't need a key to the house. Well, I'm not going back to the house. Thank you. You just saved me. Mm-hmm. And he gets on the he we were on the bus. He gets on the bus and we get back to the apartment. And I'm like, what? Just leave. Any other time, I was never able to get out the house. But this because I stayed in the project. So you projects dead bolts mm-hmm. on the door and things like that. This particular day, this particular night, I got he. I got in the house, he slammed the door, and I said, oh, Lord, this is it. But I had just that two-second window of opportunity to get out the door. And when I got out, I had an older lady that stayed up under me, and she told me, she said, baby girl, if you ever need me, just come down here and I got you. And it was that night that I was taken away from that situation, never to look back again. Wow. Wow, that's and and so the, I'm, I'm I have so many questions um, for both of you um, because you know the one thing that everybody always wants to know was were there signs? What were the signs? What were the things that you know that that other people can maybe pay attention to right. that may you know clue them into what they may be getting themselves into? Um, so I want to talk about a little bit of that, but first we're going to get into some trending topics. Okay, so a couple of trending topics. Um, Trending topics today is brought to you by Heavenly Helpers Assistance. Need assistance for yourself or for loved ones? Call on Heavenly Helpers Assistance. Uncompromising excellence. Commitment to care. Go to www.heavenlyhelpersassistance.com for more information. Um, So five people um, have now been arrested in connection with a terrorist attack on a London subway by planting a bomb in one of the um, subway trains last week. Um, And so this is an ongoing investigation. Um, Natural events are happening, natural disasters with um, the the Mexico City um, experienced a 7.1 magnitude earthquake on Tuesday. Um, And at least 255 people have been reported dead with 1,000 people injured. That is huge. Um, the state, uh, I'm sorry, the quake stu- uh, struck 32 years to the day after another quake struck in the same area, killing thousands. Yeah. Um, Jason Stokely, um, for those of you who've been following this case, um, former St. Louis police officer was acquitted in the t- 2001 shooting death of Anthony Smith. 2001. 
It's a long time. Um, yes, and so this acquittal has led to days of protest. And um, finally, a new um, poll conducted in collaboration, this is kind of disturbing, with the University of um, Virginia Center for Politics has found that while respondents by and large reject white supremacists and neo-Nazis, many actually share the same racial beliefs. Um, so they reject the groups, but they still kind of embrace some of the beliefs, which is really interesting. Um, you know, but I, you know, and I, I don't think it's surprising. It's interesting, but it's not surprising because there's a lot of things that are extreme that, you know, on the outside, we all say, oh, no, 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 no we reject that, reject that. But then when it comes down to what we really believe in the core of our hearts, um, there's some things that, you know, we follow along with that we wouldn't tell the world that we would follow <laughs> right. along with. So um, when we come back, we're going to break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more um, about the signs. Um, and hopefully I can, you know, learn a little bit more about their experiences. So we'll be right back on the live exchange. There's a power you have within you unlike any other. You can't explain it. It's just there. It drives you, compels you. You can not ignore it. Do you feel it? It's that power that tells you you can do the absolute impossible. The power that tells you you're more than what you currently are. The power that tells you it's time. Launch. Move. Skyrocket your life with Rocket Sports One Fitness Gear. RocketSports-One.com One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born, they're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowered coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. Our freedom and security are made possible through the service and sacrifice of our military and first responders. The Gary Sinise Foundation provides many outreach programs supporting these brave men and women. Join us. Donate at GarySiniseFoundation.org. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and um, joining me today, we're talking about um, domestic violence, abuse, um, and intimate partner violence. And I have joining me here in the studio is Paula Foster, and Jen Doe was on the phone, and um, and they both shared a bit of their stories and some of their experience about um, domestic violence. And one of the things that um, seems to be similar about your stories is that you know you you both recognize, okay, this is not. A situation that I this is not safe this is not healthy I want to get out of it and one of the things that I've heard and Jen something you mentioned was the the uh, the point at you know which it was it was time to leave is the point at which it got worse or it peaked and that's what I hear is that is that what you've seen in the work that you've done that this is the time that it gets worse or does it just vary uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of research and a lot of anecdotal information that, that says that the time of separation uh, can be the most dangerous time. And 
because domestic violence is really rooted in, in power and control, it makes a lot of sense that once someone makes an attempt to separate from that abusive partner, then that person is going to um, kind of do whatever they can to try and regain that power and control that they, they had over them in the relationship. And so we do often see that um, escalate to increased violence, um, arrest, might happen at that point, protective order violations, um, and in some cases even homicides are wow. known to occur more around that point. Yeah, wow. And um, which unfortunately, as you mentioned, for those of us who are just joining us, was part of the case in your situation. Um, yeah. That, that it escalated to that point. Wow. Um, so for both of you, either one of you who want to chime in on this, who, um, what, what kind of things did you see um, and that, that made you think, you know what, this is not, I know you said that he backhanded you, Paula, one yeah. day. Did this come suddenly? I mean, were there signs that led up to the abuse? Not at all. It was sudden, like when it happened i'm just like oh wait did that really just happen like you're in a state of shock mm -hmm. because there were no signs no yelling no arguing only thing i knew was that my mom couldn't stand him mm -hmm. but being that young it's like she tripping mm -hmm. she doesn't want to see me with anybody or you know whatever i used to tell my mom she was a negative nancy because she it all she always pointed out the bad or mm -hmm. something in people so you know you dismiss it when it's the routine that you're used to seeing right so when i got with him that i can remember there were no signs that was the very first time and i was so shocked when it happened what, and what about you jen yeah, um, I mean, I think looking back, there were some signs, but they, they tended to be more subtle things. I talked a little about, like, jealousy and possessiveness, mm -hmm. but that, you know, that didn't necessarily stand out as something um, that that would lead me to believe that, you know, homicide was in the future or an attempt at homicide. Right. So I think, um, yeah, it was it was more of the subtle things, and we often hear, and I think is often the case, is that these abusive types tend to be very charming, um, tend to be really well-liked, and so all of my friends and family knew him and loved him, and um, it was it was very unexpected in that way, but that's really, that's part of the, the, the dynamics and the kind of act that they put on. Right. Well, and so, um, and, and just if you want to hear, you, you put it the head. Oh. I just really, I just realized Paula doesn't have headphones on, so she may not be able to hear what you're saying. Um, so the um, the the other question that I was going to ask is um, because you know you you both you talked about the um, you know the age and some of the things that we may not recognize because we're younger you know right. and we have we have very little relationship experience at eighteen nineteen you know twenty. Um, you know, is age often a factor when it comes to, you know, um, Jen, I don't know what the age difference is with you. Paula indicated that there was a significant age difference between her and her he situation. Was, he was probably about, he's actually about 10 and a half years older than me. Okay. And so, yeah, like I said, you coming fresh out of high school. My father passed when I was 11. Mm -hmm. I have an older brother, but he was away with military and things like that. So it's like, who shows you, who teaches you, who equips you mm -hmm. for what's to come. Right, um, right. So I would definitely say, especially with him being that much older than me, you've been out here for a little while. So, right. you know, and typically an abuser, they know what to look for in their victims. Oh, I know, yeah, knowing absolutely. that now, but, you know, I was 
little homebody little girl that was just trying to spread her wings who liked older guys and Mm -hmm. his particular at at that point in my life so yeah that age factor does play a huge especially when you're younger the older Mm -hmm. you get you kind of be like wait a minute no Mm -hmm. this but when you're younger because you don't have that experience and if you don't have people pouring into you Mm -hmm. then you're blindsided by it yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, for me i mean there wasn't so much of an age difference. Uh, he was two years older than me, mm-hmm. but I was I was 14 when we started dating, so I was okay. very young. It was definitely my first relationship, um, you know, his as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was pretty young and naive and didn't really know what to look for. And, and research also, I think, says that, like, 18 to 24 is um, where we see the highest right. rates of yeah, domestic right. violence. Although it can certainly impact people at any age. That's one thing I actually, I definitely did not know. And, you know, one thing I want to touch on is jealousy. You had mentioned that um, when you see, you know, that sometimes jealousy can be an indicator. And it's interesting because some people love jealousy. They feel like, well, if the person is jealous, they care about right. me. They love me more deeply, um, yeah. which to me seems to be a bit of a, a, a dangerous mindset, you know, to have. Um, whether you are the recipient of jealousy or you are the jealous one. Right. Um, so, um, so I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to, we're going to go to break. Um, and so when we come back, hopefully I will remember to touch on <laughs> jealousy because I would like to talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. So I'm a dog and I just got adapted by this new human guy and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing and he puts me on one end and him on the other and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Vince Lombardi once said that it's hard to be aggressive when you're confused. Some of us think that taking our lives to the next level, both personally and professionally, is a confusing and complicated process. Guess what? It's not, and I can prove it. My book, Truisms, will show you how living your life by rules that are so self-evident and obvious, you'll say, I knew that. This powerful yet short, detailed bestseller is on sale right now, under $10. Go to MichaelMcFadden.com. That's michaelmcfadden.com and let truisms help you to the next level. If you're looking for that ratchet, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station, Sensation Station Network. In the interest of science, 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 science. All right. So the science today, um, we're going to be looking at um, um, intimate partner violence. And um, Jen mentioned that actually earlier in the show, that this is one of the areas that she um, specializes in or that she focuses in on quite a bit. Um, There's a study here that comes from the Archives of Women's Mental Health. And um, this title is Recent Intimate Partner Violence as a prenatal predictor of maternal depression in the first year postpartum among Latinas. So um, what the study basically looked at, um, it, it examined what are the indicators that somebody will experience postpartum depression. Okay. Um, and so we hear about it. We don't know a whole lot about it. Right. And so that was one of the issues that I definitely wanted to bring to the table today that so we can get a better understanding of what 
can trigger postpartum depression. And for those of you who are not familiar with postpartum depression, this is an actual um, period of distress. Um, the t- traditional symptoms of depression associated with the birth of mm-hmm. of a child, and so the impact is um, is feeling a sense of numbness and not wanting to do um, you know feeling that not feeling that maternal instinct, right, right. just kind of being in a state of um, numbness, really, um, and in deep depression. And so, what is what what's unique about postpartum is um, is that it can be completely associated with the child and not wanting to have any connection or anything to do with the child, not consciously. It's just, right. you know, it's just something that's going on. So, um, what, um, what was found here is that postpartum, so they looked at postpartum depression and they looked at it at three months, seven months and 13 months after birth. And what they found was that, um, let me see, four of the 12 prenatal predictors, um, basically, show that this is these are some of the things that cause it so here are the the four um prenatal depression so if somebody was depressed before Before. the baby was born that was an indicator of um, postpartum recent intimate partner violence exposure so if there was some kind of abuse happening um that can lead to postpartum depression um a lack of social support, so not having people around you to support you. Um, like Paula said, she had somebody downstairs who said, if you ever need me, come to me. Right. So not having that can lead to postpartum depression. And then the last one was non-intimate partner violence um, trauma history. So just some other um, form of trauma that's right. associated with something else that's happened. So so for the, for the four, again, is prenatal depression recent violent intimate partner violence lack of social support and other forms of trauma um so for intimate partner violence to be one of those indicators of of um you know postpartum now we're looking at how this has an impact on the next generation to come even before the child even has a chance you may never even she may have left the abuser right but she now has postpartum depression which can have an impact on On you know on the child Mm -hmm. um and so so this is a very serious thing It, it doesn't even have to be an ongoing experience of violence that happens um it says recent intimate partner violence so it could have been the one and only time that it happened but it was prior to that child being born and with it being recent it can have um it can definitely cause postpartum depression right so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking and and give you two the opportunity if you have any responses or thoughts about that at all well i was actually pregnant with my youngest one when i was being abused so Mm -hmm. i was not only was i being abused after our first child together mm-hmm. but I was actually being abused during the pregnancy, pregnancy of the second one literally running for my life wow. um, um, because it was during that second child's when I was pregnant with him that I went to the store to pick up a crib because now you're talking three kids all under the age of three or four mm. we need another bed yeah. and I came back and in a joking manner I said well you're sitting up here with your friends having fun and I'm out here five six months pregnant picking up heavy stuff and I was joking because I had other people with me I mm-hmm. wasn't doing any manual labor mm-hmm. not knowing that he had been sitting in the house literally getting high while I was gone mm. and that led to him get going into the kitchen finding the biggest butcher knife that he could and I literally was running down this small project hallway into a bedroom, closed the door, and he literally took the knife 
and stabbed it through the door. And wow. had I been a quarter of an inch to the left, he would have stabbed me in my spine. Wow. And so those statistics are, like you said, it passes on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So when that particular child came out and he's just as bubbly as ever, mm-hmm. like he's full of life, full of energy. And I made a promise. I said, I will never do anything to dummy him down mm-hmm. because statistically he should be a zombie. Mm-hmm. He should be affected by everything that his mom was dealing with, the stress, the anger, the rejection, the sadness, all of that. But he came out just as bubbly. He's actually more caring than some people that I know that are adults. Yeah. So that, and I'm sure, like I said, that was almost 13 years ago, mm-hmm. but there was a part of me that shut down. Yeah. Because you do, I you look imagine. at that child and you resent it because you're like, you got here because somebody chose to put their hands on me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's not intentional, but it's a subconscious thing that causes you just to, to black out and be like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to be bothered with this. Mm. Yeah, and that's pretty serious. Um, Jen, have you seen cases like this? Um, I mean, I know, you know, especially in doing the work that I did with the Denver uh, Fatality Review, Domestic Violence Fatality Review Committee, mm-hmm. um, pregnancy is one of the major warning signs, even a lethality factor for um, domestic violence-related homicides. And um, domestic violence is one of the leading causes of death for pregnant women. So there's definitely some connection where, you know, you have an abusive person who abusers tend to have some narcissistic characteristics, Mm -hmm. and and the world kind of revolves around them. And so when a baby comes into the picture or is Mm -hmm. coming into the picture and attention is being put toward that, you know, that that can tend to um, set off their abusive tendencies as well. And I think one of the other factors is that um, domestic violence and especially some of the emotional abuse tactics really are geared toward breaking down someone's self-esteem, kind of breaking down even their sense of self. And so a lot of women, when they do come out of abusive relationships, it's like, they don't even know who they are. They've nope. devoted so much of their time to trying to manage the abuse and manage the relationship and worry about the other person that they lose themselves. And so I mm. could certainly see how that could play into something like postpartum depression, where now you have this baby you're supposed to connect with mm-hmm. when really you're you're struggling to even connect with yourself. Wow. Right. Wow. That's so well said. You know, and, and this brings me to a quote. You mentioned self-esteem, and I was going to bring this up later, but you just brought it up now. Um, and, and it was on, Oprah said the quote, but I think she was quoting somebody else. I think she was quoting Naomi Wolf. And, um, and basically what she said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but um, when mothers instill self-esteem into their daughters, they immunize them against unhealthy and abusive relationships. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that. I'll read it again. When mothers instill self-esteem into their daughters, so and this is by having strong self-esteem themselves and modeling that, they immunize them against unhealthy and abusive relationships. What do you think? I would probably say that could be true. Um, because when you think of immunization, it's to prevent something. Mm -hmm. So if I know that I came from a situation because of my low self-esteem, but I'm, I have a daughter. So if you're all, and I'm always telling her you're beautiful, you don't have to take this, this and this and different things to help boost her self-esteem, even with her being in high school and some of the things that she experiences it can immunize them but sometimes it's still they battle their own self-esteem so you Mm -hmm. can pump them up to an extent and help their self-esteem be off the roof but it 
it can set them up to be to not be abused but at the same token if they're still feeling some type of way like i hear what mom is saying but that's mama she's supposed to say it nothing's foolproof nothing's foolproof yeah. right yeah what do you think jen yeah i mean i think that you know when i think about teenagers and and younger people being impacted i mean that's a time in your life where you're really you know going through that adolescent development and mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a sense of self so i think that can be you know, a vulnerability to have lower self-esteem right. um, and and to help and build people up and encourage them, especially at those younger ages, to figure out what they want and figure out who they are before diving into a relationship can be really beneficial. But I would also say that, you know, low self-esteem is not always going to be present, that someone can be very confident and have very high self-esteem. And, and, you know, when I was younger, I certainly saw myself as a very strong, confident young woman. Mm -hmm. And so you can still be impacted by this issue, even if you're, you're doing great and you feel great about everything in your life, right? This is something that, um, I don't know that you can necessarily build immunity to Mm -hmm. other than just kind of learning to recognize the warning signs and knowing what to do and where to reach out if if you start to see those things i think that's such an important point because we like to put people in boxes Mm -hmm. and we like to say well if this person was abused then they obviously have low self-esteem or they obviously came from a rough home or they you know and so i think it's really important for us to understand that we cannot put people in boxes in these particular situations um and 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 i i agree that it may you know self-esteem may help us more quickly recognize more quickly get out of the situation more quickly um you know feel uncomfortable because this is not what i was used to um and in but even in those cases i know myself growing up my parents pumped me up big time i mean (laughs) but and yet and still um 18 uh you know ended up with somebody who was very unhealthy you know i mean never abusive to the point of actually physically putting his hands on me but i'm willing i'm i am i know it would have happened i know that with i mean when you're same situation pregnant i was pregnant chased down a apartment complex anybody who's willing to do that it can go another level so um so i get it i get it completely and i just want us to be careful about putting people in boxes and making assumptions you know um so we're going to get into the balance challenge keeping your balance with dr pamela dr pamela dr pamela Okay, so this week's balance challenge is for you to be an ally. So many times people remain silent about domestic violence because they believe that they have to handle the situation alone. While we may not be aware of any current instances of domestic violence with the people we love, sometimes it's a good idea to remind the people you love and care about that they can come to you if you ever need to talk about any safety concerns that they have with their current relationships. So this week, I challenge you to tell three people male or female, that you are a listening ear if they ever need to talk, that if they ever feel unsafe in their relationships, that even though you're not an expert, you can be a friend. Perhaps even establishing a safe word that can be used between the two of you in the event of an emergency situation, even if the likelihood for a situation seems to be slim to you. Um, Develop an emergency plan together and become each other's ally. So one of my best childhood friends and I um, established a word that we would say we would call each other up and, you know, if if 
I, I won't say the word on the air because if I get in a relationship right, and I right. say the word, he'll be like, I know what that is. But um, <laughs> but we have a word, and it's a completely random word. Random. But if we call each other and we say the word, right. then we know, okay, I need to get help right. for her. So okay. your challenge this week is to establish that with at least three people, become an ally for at least three people in your life and, um, and, and establish an understanding together about how you will um, be a support, source of support for each other. So that's your homework this week. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Live Exchange. JBT 700 Miami Circle 30324. It's not a chain. It's a chain reaction. Invest $49 a month at a real gym. For more info, go to facebook.com forward slash jeans body tech. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. There's a power you have within you unlike any other. You can't explain it. It's just just there. It drives you, compels you. You can not ignore it. Do you feel it? It's that power that tells you you can do the absolute impossible. The power that tells you you're more than what you currently are. The power that tells you it's time. Launch. Move. Skyrocket your life with Rocket Sports One Fitness Gear. RocketSports-One.com. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And by the way, I have to let you know that the Balance Challenge, which is to become an ally for somebody over the next week, is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. Breathe Beauty LA, the cosmetic company that's responsible for the look on my face. (laughs) Check them out at www.breathebeautyla.com. So uh, there's so much to, um, you know, even with the postpartum um, depression that I was mentioning earlier, um, there's three different ways that postpartum depression plays out. And um, I just wanted to make sure that I covered that, that I talked about that, um, because it may not, you know, look like it. It may right. not, you know, there's so many different ways that people um that, you know, manifest it. And so, um, but one of the things, and I, I actually, um, it's, there's three different ways that it can be triggered. That's what I should say. So there's biological triggers, psychological and social. And so some of the biological triggers can be, you know, prior history, um, with, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, your mother had postpartum and grandmother. And so it just kind of tends to be a thing in the family. Um, a change of hormones, sleep deprivation, (laughs) um, breastfeeding, high risk babies. Those are some biological, some psychological perfectionism. I want to do everything right. I can't be, you know, I can't mess up. Um, wanting to be in control, um, poor maternal relationships or poor relationship with your mother, um, body image. And then, and I'm not reading them all, but then there's also the social, um, aspects, which is a lack of social support, 
um, uh, having a lack of structure in your life, right. um, multiple losses like financial losses, jobs, friendship, um, even a loss of you know pregnancy, poor relationship with partner, isolation. So, so some of these things can lead to um, you know postpartum um, depression. And so, I um, just wanted to you know make sure that we you know got some of those some things of out. out. Yeah. So one of the um, I wanted to give out some statistics, and I know um, Jen mentioned earlier, which um, is interesting because it's on my sheet here. But females <laughs> ages eighteen to twenty four um, and twenty five to thirty four, which is interesting, um, generally experience the highest rates of intimate partner violence. Um, I, I don't. I, this doesn't give us any indication of why. Right. So I would love to just. Do you, either of you have any idea why this age range tends to be the age where this happens? Um, I would say, I, especially for 18 to 24, it just goes back to lack of relationship experience. Lack of, we did talk about that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Lack of knowing what to look for. Lack of knowing what a healthy relationship looks like, especially in today's society when you have a lot of young girls and guys that are being raised in single-parent homes and they never get the other other side of it even if mom is doing her best Mm -hmm. you know mom can't teach you everything sometimes you need that dad there even for the girls you need that dad there to say look here if that joker put his hands on you this is what you need to do Mm -hmm. and to see an example of a healthy relationship playing out is right i would think is key as well right and then if you think about 18 to 24 they're going off to college so it's a brand new experience Mm -hmm. and you have guys that, that are looking for the freshmen on campus, the sophomores, taking them to parties. They don't know what to experience. If that parent hasn't sat down and said, look, when you get to college, don't you take it. If you take a drink from somebody, you make sure you carry it with you. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it. Sit. So if they haven't had the proper education and enlightenment, then they kind of fall into a situation that, of course, they had no idea they would fall into. Right. So Right. Jen, I heard you trying to chime yeah, in. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I think it's a stage in life where, you know, you're trying new things, new experiences, and and you just don't have um, don't have anything to kind of compare to. And I did advocacy for um, domestic violence and sexual assault and stalking on a college campus, and mm-hmm. was actually really surprised also to see how um, how ripe college campuses are for human trafficking, mm-hmm. and it often will actually start. Um, and and has some connections to domestic violence because it often starts with someone dating, mm-hmm. um, and and that's how they kind of recruit you and bring you into it, and and then eventually start to force prostitution and other things like that. But it often starts looking like a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. Um, so that's an important connection too. Wow, that I, that's a connection I hadn't even thought of, and that's that's really scary. Yeah. Um, and and it, what concerns me also is you know having worked on college campuses and being a part of student affairs um, initiatives and things right. like that to support our students on campus. That's an issue that doesn't really get addressed from the standpoint of how we as professionals can protect or inform right. and educate our students. Um, and so that that's something that I really think we need to put some emphasis on definitely definitely. um so we're going to be right back if you have any questions um you'd like to add to this conversation give us a call 678-613-5857 678-613-5857 we'll be right back hi 
I'm Viola Davis. Did you know that one in five kids in America struggle with hunger? Growing up, I was one of those kids. But we can solve this. When we make breakfast happen for kids in our neighborhood, we have the power to end childhood hunger, create bigger, brighter school days, and healthier minds and bodies. Go to hungeris.org and lend your time or your voice. We're hungry for more. A message from the Albertsons Companies Foundation and the Entertainment Industry Foundation. JBT 700 Miami Circle 30324. It's not a chain, it's a chain reaction. Invest $49 a month at a real gym. For more info, go to facebook.com forward slash jeans body tech. Major key alert. Don't ever play yourself. The key is to make it. So make it. Learn the real major keys to getting to college at GetSchooled.com. Brought to you by Get Schooled and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, and father of five. I'm also an expert on drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids, and there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. And lead the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and today we're talking about abuse and domestic violence. And we have um, two guests joining us today. We have Paula Foster, who's here in the studio. And we have Jin Doe, who's calling in from Colorado. And they both have some really great information for us that I hope can um, be useful for quite a few people um, after the show. Um, Just wanting to give some more statistics. Um, We don't always include statistics um, that involve men when it comes to domestic violence, and I think that it's important for us to to, um, consider and to realize that this is not something that just impacts women, um, but men as well. On average, um, 24 people per minute are victims of rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in the United States. Um, And so this is more than 12 million women and men over the course of a year. That's a lot. That's a lot. Nearly 3 in 10 women and 1 in 10 men in the United States has experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by a partner and report a related impact on their functioning. So the one thing about these statistics is that these are what we know of. Right. This is what's reported. Right. And the difference here is saying three in ten women and one in ten men. And I venture to say that it's probably a lot more it's than that. It's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially on the male side because um, men don't tend to report violence um, as uh, they're not. They're less likely. Right. Than, right. than women are uh, for a number of reasons. And um Another statistic, uh, nearly 15% of women and 4% of men have been injured as a result of intimate partner violence. That includes rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner um, in their lifetime. Um, so, it, you know, this goes on and on, but I, it's important for you to understand that this is not just women. Not at all. Um, and, you know, that it is across the board. So, um, according to... Um, and, and I, I will get the article, oh, the Mayo Clinic. Um, if you're in an abusive situation, you might recognize this pattern. So here's patterns, and I want to I talk to each of you about these patterns. Your, number one, your abuser, your abuser threatens violence. Your abuser strikes you. Your abuser apologizes, promises to change, and offers gifts. 
and then their cycle repeats. Is this a pretty consistent cycle according to what you each have experienced and or seen with the people that you've worked with? Most definitely. Most definitely. Like I said, when the first time I was hit, it was like, no, I'm, I won't do it again. Now, if I can just be real, he didn't have, enough, he didn't have money to shower me with gifts. But mm-hmm. other than that, mm-hmm. yes, it's always, I won't do this again. I'm sorry. I was upset about something else. But why am I taking the hit for mm-hmm. what you're dealing with? You can't handle my strength. So why am I taking the hit for it? And then, yes, the cycle starts itself back over again it may not be that day it may not be that week Mm -hmm. but you can guarantee all it takes is one thing to trigger and you may never really know what it is finally i did see what his triggers were Mm -hmm. and but yeah other than that it that definitely are the 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 cycle yeah that that it goes through yeah jen yeah, I, I think there definitely is a cycle. I mean, there tends to be kind of a, a phase in the relationship where tension builds um, before an, an abusive incident, whether that's physical or not, okay. you know, some sort of a blow up. And then there might be some kind of period of respite where everything seems okay. Um, but that cycle can also change over the course of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can look a lot of different ways. It, it doesn't always work in exactly that that same I guess direction um, and can change over the life of a relationship but I think that this is something that is a pattern right it's not something that happens just once right and so there there often is a cycle but that cycle for one relationship it could be you know days in between abusive incidents it could even be months or years Um, so a lot of people who are in abusive relationships talk about having, you know, been in the the honeymoon period more than they were in the abusive period. And that's often what keeps people there is that the abuse isn't happening constantly. It's not 24-7, that it's it's coming sporadically. And if the rest of the time feels pretty good, then that is how people um, Mm. kind of stay in the relationship. Mm. Or as Paula has talked about, feel like, well, maybe if, if there's something that I change, if I change my behavior, then it will stop this from happening when, in fact, you know, it's really about that, that other person who's right. being abusive and not what, what their um, victim or, you know, the person being abused is doing. Can a, an abuser be healed? Can you go through some kind of process of counseling where the relationship can be saved, where the person no longer abuses has this happened in your experiences Um. i think that um it's very difficult once a pattern of abuse has started in a relationship to reverse that Mm -hmm. you know I, i have seen cases where maybe someone um after an abusive relationship ends that that abusive person may kind of see the light and see that that their ways of doing things were wrong or maybe they do go through some sort of treatment or counseling and in the future they may approach relationships differently and be able to change that but I think that once once the pattern is established in that given relationship I don't I haven't often seen it um, 
turn back around, what in fact it, it tends to escalate and um, become more severe and even more frequent as the relationship goes on. But, you know, I guess anything is possible. And in order to do this work and to be in, especially on the prevention side, we have to kind of hang on to at least some level of faith that people can change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, we are going to get into love letters. Love notes with love Dr. Notes. Pamela. <laughs> Love Notes, that is. <laughs> and Love Notes uh, is brought to you by Wine Crawl Atlanta. Join us on Saturday, September 30th for a private wine tour via luxury transfer- transportation. I will be there. We will begin our journey at the W Hotel in Midtown and um, will then board a luxury coach to visit wine, bars, and restaurants around the city, mixing, mingling, and tasting as we go. Go to Wine Crawl Atlanta on Facebook to register today. So today's love note um, comes from um, somebody who just labeled themselves as isolated. They didn't sign their name. Um, Dear Dr. Pamela, and by the way, this is for either of you, Paula and Jen, to respond to if you feel that you can give a good answer here. Um, Dear Dr. Pamela, I grew up with a lot of abuse in my home to the point where I have no faith that I can have a good relationship of my own. I've watched my parents attack each other, so I intentionally stay away from relationships and avoid getting too close to anyone because I don't want that kind of life. It's well known that these cycles of abuse get passed down from one generation to another. Is there anything I can do to not fall into this cycle? Sign isolated. Either of you want to take a stab at that one? Well, the first thing that comes to me is that let your environment be your example so if you don't want to fall into that cycle you've seen enough of it where you can pretty much point it out Mm -hmm. and it just should have given you the strength and the the shield to be able to say okay he's not acting right or Mm -hmm. she's not acting right let me not do this because we're not necessarily intended to spend our lives isolated and alone but mm-hmm. I can understand where that's all you've seen so now you don't know who to trust and things like that but you have to allow yourself the opportunity to love and be loved mm-hmm. and it may take some counseling it may take some some time of journaling and letting it all out some crying and mm-hmm. things like that but don't block yourself from a happy future because of the the tremendous past that you've seen or the hurtful past right. and the broken past don't let that brokenness pass on to you mm-hmm. and allow you to end up old and miserable as they say because love is out there yeah and so we have to open ourselves up forgive those that you saw being abused and things like that forgive yourself for not wanting to love right and then open yourself up to be loved and it may take one relationship two relationships but don't just immediately block yourself from the world and the dating prospect altogether because it's out there. Yeah. And, and I want to also emphasize that um, this person didn't indicate whether their fear was of being an abuser or of being abused, right. which I think is important to consider as well. Um, we have to go to break, but I really want to get Jen's response to this as well. So, Jen, when we come back, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to this as well. Okay. All right, we'll be right back on the live exchange. Now, 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 now. Well, you'll see what happens. Sensation Station Network. Exchange. Live. 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 Exchange. 
Welcome to the live exchange. We are at the top of the um, second hour. That went really, really fast. Really fast. I know I say that yeah. every week, but it does it just go so fast. Um, and so we are talking about um, domestic violence. Um, uh, today I'm joined by two fighters, advocates, experts on domestic violence who are here to share their stories and shed light on this important issue. So on the phone we have Miss Jen Doe. She's a trainer for the Colorado Organization for Victim Assistance. And in the studio, we have Paula Foster, author and founder of Fostering Hearts Foundation. And, um, and they've, they've got a lot to contribute today. And so we just heard a, um, we've received a letter from somebody who has experienced abuse in their home or witnessed abuse of their parents in the home and is concerned that they may end up in an, a, a relationship that involves abuse as well. So right. they've kind of isolated themselves as a result. Um, and so, Jen, I would love to hear your response to this as well. Sure. Um, I think that people often think that, you know, p- children who witness abuse may not be as impacted by it as children who were abused themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, there's a lot that happens, you know, in the brain, and you still have a trauma response. So right. I think it's totally normal for people who grow up in abusive households to have these these sorts of concerns um, and difficulty with intimacy or relationships. So I absolutely think going through some kind of counseling, processing your experience and what it means is really helpful in figuring out how to move forward. Um, you, you could grow up to be an abuser or you could grow up to make decisions to mm-hmm. change that cycle uh, and not have that happen in your life. So I think a lot of it is about choice and, and how we choose to either go against what we've seen or continue what we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it can be really difficult to get into relationships when you have these kinds of trust issues, um, even as a survivor myself. I mean, I've, I've had... I would love to say that that was the only abusive relationship I was ever in, Mm -hmm. but I definitely had other relationships after where there were maybe not, the abuse looked different, but, you know, there were definitely Mm -hmm. warning signs. I was able to see them sooner because I knew, um, which was great, but I still fell into those patterns until I found a healthy relationship. And once I realized what that could feel like, it definitely changed kind of my standards and, and what I looked for. So I would encourage anyone who grew up in an abusive relationship to reach out and get some support around that and, and do some processing and then really stop and think about what are the things that you want in a relationship? What are you looking for in a partner? And as Paula said, keep keep your heart open, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't just shy away altogether from being in a relationship, but also keep in mind what you saw, be aware of those things. And I think recognizing it and acknowledging that you did grow up in an abusive relationship and you know what that looks like is one of the first steps to being able to break that cycle. Well, I think what's um, one of the things that could be going on, and this is just a guess, but um, sometimes it's easier to isolate yourself than it is to face what you've been through and what you've witnessed growing up. And so, um, because I'm a runner, so I can see myself, (laughs) you know, running from relationships and running from having to sit down with a counselor and look this person in the face and tell them the things that happened 
growing up right you know and so sometimes it's easier yeah. to just build a wall a around wall. yourself yeah <laughs> yep. and um and so what i hear both of you saying is you know it's it, to go through it get through right. that and go to the counseling and address it face you know head on so that you can because there's more that you can experience right. beyond what you've seen so right. definitely so w- another thing that you brought up jen that i want to mention is the is the 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 way that abuse plays out. You know, we, when we think of abuse, we think of black eyes, you know, people being chased through apartment complexes, (laughs) pregnant, you know, things like that. But, but there's a lot of different ways that abuse plays out. And so, you know, I had a situation once where, um, a guy threw something right by my face against the wall and, and it didn't hit me. And and the sentiment was, well, it wasn't going to hit you, you know, Mm -hmm. but the fact is that it was intimidating, you know, and it was intended to scare me. It was intended to get me in line to to get me to understand that there's anger here and I need to get myself together. So a lot of times, you know, whether or not you are actually hit or, you know, there's a lot of different ways that it plays out. So. Um, you may be experiencing domestic violence if your partner calls you, na- calls you names, insults yeah. you, or puts you down, prevents you from going to work or school, stops you from seeing family members or friends, tries to control how you spend money, where you go and what you wear. Mm-hmm. Ladies, we do this. Right. You know, so this right. is what I'm saying. It's not gender specific. Gets angry when drinking alcohol, using drugs, threatens you with a violent with violence or a weapon. Hits, kicks, slaps, those are the ones that are obvious, forces you to have sex or engage in sexual acts, and blames you for his or her violent behavior, as you mentioned, or tells you that you deserve it. So we're going to go to break, um, but I wanted to make sure you understood that. Give us a call or text us if you have questions or you want to get involved in this conversation, 678-613-5857, or leave us a comment on the Facebook Live broadcast. We'll be right back. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. I'm not. M2. I'm not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born, they're made. And not just anywhere, they're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowered coaches to empower the world make a positive change in yourself and the world go to academyofcreativecoaching.com your health is at stake diabetes diabetes cancer heart disease yeah right i'm too young to worry about all of that or am i millions of americans are being diagnosed younger and younger each year i guess it's really no surprise with how much our lifestyles have changed more fried fast foods extreme stress from work 176 million people in north america consume unhealthy drinks i know i do who could be next my brother my sister me Me? 
think it's time to make a difference, and so should you. Extreme X2O Alkaline Water, designed to cleanse your body with just two simple steps, shake and wait. Not only will it help clean your kidneys, liver, and intestines, but it also helps with weight loss and anti-aging. Sign me up today. AbundantLifeMovement.com. You know, I better go call my sister to let her know about this. You should really tell a friend too, because is it really going to kill you to shake and wait? One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to HereToListen.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. Deliberate dumbing down. Dumb down society. Deliberate dumbing down of America. Dumb down public. Why would they do this? Sensation Station Network. Radio. Not dumbed down. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Cash prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. All right. So trending this week. You know, it's really interesting. Um, we do have the, uh, when we look at the NFL, I've talked quite a bit about Kaepernick and his um, protesting of um, the national anthem them for the purpose of bringing attention to um, police officers shooting right. black men. So, um, But there's a little spin to the story um, with this one. It's um, TV ratings for the NFL has been down this season so mm. far, and um, the ratings have been down as low as 13%. Wow. Quite a bit. Um, now, it's all not about the protest. Now, there's some of, some of it, I'm sure, has a lot to do with that. Um, people are protesting the NFL. Um, the other thing is, though, many reasons are because of people cutting the cable cord. Mm. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> people are now live streaming. Um, so they're live streaming hurricane coverage. Um, they're live streaming the football games. Right. They're live streaming. And I, I am so in that crowd. I, you know, <laughs> yes, last night I was sitting up watching hurricane coverage via Facebook. Wow. Um, not Facebook. Um, Facebook too. Um, but YouTube. You know, yeah, and yeah. so I, yeah, I cut cable quite a while ago. And <laughs> I, you know, I think it's interesting that that has actually made a, such a significant difference on right. on the ratings for um, NFL. Wow. They can't track it that way. No, no. And so that's, that's fascinating. Um, it also uh, seems it, you know, Kevin Hart, we're bringing Kevin Hart up. And um, for those of you, you know, he recently got married and within, I mean, it's not even been a year yet, I don't think, um, there was speculations that he was cheating on his um, pregnant wife. And he emphatically said, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Right. Well, this week he comes out to say, okay, yes, I was. And that's because the other woman had threatened to pay or threatened to put it out there or he should pay. Um which is another form of abuse, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> controlling money. Control. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so he's basically come out to say that yes, I did do this, and I'm terrible, and I need to get help, and you know that. Kind of, I don't know if he said he needs to get help, but he said he needs to stop his behavior. Um, so, it, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Hurricane Maria tore through Puerto Rico on Wednesday. Um, it's expected to next hit the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, um, the Southeast Bahamas before making a turn to the East coast. So these hurricanes, my, this has been a season. Yeah. You, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so keep your prayers out there for those people being affected and their families. Um, and then I think that's pretty much it for the. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, um, so we were talking about what domestic violence can look like. And after I kind of read the list and, you know, things like basically intimidation and name, you know, uh, you know, I think name calling was on the list. Um, 
Yeah. It's something I can't remember. I don't have the list right in front of me, but <laughs> we, you know, but something, anything that is, let me see. I want to see exactly what it says. Yeah. Calls you names, insults you or puts you down. Right. So, you know, so it's not just name calling, name calling. We're talking about things that, that try to diminish your diminish, humanity yep. and who you are as a person. Yep. Um, and, and so after I read the list, you're like, wow, that sounds like yeah, what yeah, I experienced. Yeah. Even after he was gone. Yeah. He was still trying to diminish who I was mm. and it worked for a little while yeah and then I had to cut all ties so yes <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah and that's the thing I, I that I don't think people understand is um again we put people in boxes and we try to say it's this kind of person who would abuse right it's this kind of person who would be abused and this is what abuse looks like right it and really isn't that simple not that simple at yeah. all yeah. yeah so okay so I um, want to get into domestic violence against men. Now, I brought it up, but I really didn't get into it um, because, you know, one of my colleagues, academic colleagues, Hassan Johnson, I've had him on the show a couple of times, okay. Dr. Hassan Johnson, and he's talked about, um, he's very passionate about the issue of domestic violence against men because he thinks that um, it's really sensationalized in the media um you know we think it's funny or empowering or well within our rights when right. a woman um will have a you know dramatic scene in the movie where he's cheated or he said something inappropriate and she slaps, slaps him, him across the face and we cheer or we think yeah you know she got him or she ooh, she told him or you know and right. so we celebrate that we say oh you go girl you know but what happens when the reverse happens you know if big screen Man slaps a woman across the face. We are angry, angry mad. you know. Um, and then I've heard the arguments. Well, he can do more physical damage to a woman than a woman can do to a man. Is that always true? Not at and all. does the <laughs> level of physical damage really matter when there can be some psychological damage as well? Nope. So I'm going to just. What do you all think about that? I'll let Doctor. I'll let Jen go first. <laughs> Jen, she gave you a title. Okay, you? sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, definitely domestic violence can happen toward men by women, also by other men. So mm -hmm. domestic violence also happens in same-sex relationships. Um, it, I think when it's, when it's a woman who's perpetrating abuse on a man, sometimes the abuse does look different. It may be more of the psychological and emotional abuse mm -hmm. rather than physical abuse, um, just based on, you know, biological differences. Um, we, I know in, in the state of Colorado, we're seeing an increase in the number of women being arrested mm -hmm. in domestic violence calls, and that right. partly has to do with our laws and mandatory arrests and things like that. But, you know, it's something that we're looking at, and um, there are also cases where it's self-defense or retaliatory, mm -hmm. where a woman um, becomes violent toward a man after having been abused by that person and... Um, so it's more of a self-defense thing. But I think that always when we're talking about domestic violence, you know, we have to keep in mind that it's a pattern of behavior, that it's not just that one-time reactionary thing. It's mm -hmm. something that um, goes on over time and does have a lot of those components of emotional and psychological abuse happening. Because if someone were abusive, you know, on the first date, you probably would not have a second date with them. And so in any abusive situation, you have to keep in mind that there's going to be probably an underlying basis in that emotional abuse, whether or not there ever is physical abuse. And I think that would go for, you know, both men and women who are abusive. So emotional abuse, psychological abuse, these are not things that are reportable, right? I mean, is it just on you to just leave the relationship? Is that pretty much the case? 
when nothing. I mean, you happen. you can you can report them. It's definitely harder to prosecute, mm-hmm. but um, things like harassment, and I know at least in Colorado, you know, within our statutes and our laws around what is considered domestic violence, things like harassment, mm-hmm. um, those also are are considered to be domestic violence. Stalking happening in the context of domestic violence where there may not be actual violence occurring, but um, there are still some prosecutable crimes. And in some cases, there are also um, other remedies. So maybe you can't take a a criminal route, but there are civil solutions like protection orders. Um, Even Mm -hmm. we're seeing, I think, more victims actually sue their perpetrators for, like, damages when they maybe don't have a case that can be handled criminally. And and, and that's what Colorado, (laughs) because I'm thinking that's probably not nationwide. I mean, but gosh, that's, that's, wow, that's pretty good. I mean, what a deterrent, too. Hopefully, I mean, not that, yeah, I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, because you can be sued, they're not going to abuse. But I I think that's an excellent thing to have on the books. Um, So we're going to come right back. I wanted to get into... um, technology and abuse you mentioned stalking um i know that there are ways that abuse happens via social media and um so i wanted to get into that a little bit so stay with us we're going to be right back give us a call 678-613-5857 you can also text that number 678-613-5857 and we will be right be right back (laughs) great leaders aren't born They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. Coming to Tampa Bay, I said we want to win a Super Bowl, and I believe we will. From IamSecond.com, we came close but never really did win that championship. Former NFL head coach Tony Dungy. At the end of my sixth year, I was fired, and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Next year, I'm in Indianapolis, get to the playoffs, but get knocked out again. And for the next couple of years, it's the same thing. Everyone is saying Colts are never going to win one. And I did wonder why didn't it pan out the way I thought it would. But I determined that I had to have Christ first and that everything else came below that, including my own desires. The next year, that ended up being our year to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Every decision I make, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he guide us to that ultimate victory. I'm Tony Dungy, and I am second. online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council in the interest of science 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 
Okay, so for the second hour, um, the research that we're going to talk about is Stockholm Syndrome. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because in light of the R. Kelly case in Atlanta, for those of you who are not familiar with this case, um, he has been accused of keeping women in his house against their will in um, a sort of a sex ring type of situation. Right, right. Um, the women, some of them have come out to say, no, I wanted to be here. And um, I think there's at least one case in which a woman said, I really didn't want to be there. And so um, Stockholm Syndrome is, is basically what happens when a captor, a, a, somebody who is cap, ca- captured, um, develops feelings of admiration for their captor and they um, defend them and they stand up for them. So why is this related to domestic violence? Well, um, basically, there's an article here by, it's in the um, journal called Violence and Victims, and it's um, looking at identifying Stockholm Syndrome reactions in young dating women um, and just looking at um, measuring the extent to which they experience that in their uh, in their dating situation. Okay. So we don't always, um, you know, Stockholm Syndrome is not always, you know, um, you've been kidnapped by the mafia and they've right, held you. Right. You know, it's it, it can be just this entrapment that you have within the relationship. You can't right. leave the house. You can't interact with friends and family and that kind of thing. Um, and so... There are three different terms that um, people tend to get the meanings. Um, they all kind of attribute it to Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. I want to make sure that we understand what it is. Um, it is when men and women are placed in a situation where they no longer have any control over their fate. They feel intense fear, fear of physical harm, and they believe that all control is in the hands of their tormentor. A strategy for survival can result, which can develop into a psychological response that can include sympathy and support for their captive's plight. Okay. So, um, so again, it doesn't necessarily say that they were kidnapped. It says that they no longer have control over their fate. They feel intense fear or physical harm. Um, so this, the, the other one, psychological damage, is marked by depression low self-esteem, and lost, loss of sense of self. Um, they separate that out from Stockholm Syndrome, psychological damage. And the other one is love dependence. And this is typi- typified by the feeling that one cannot survive without one's partner's love. Um, and, and you can see that is something that can, can be manifested in either the abuser or the person right. being abused. Um, where did Stockholm Syndrome get its name? It was derived from a 1973 bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, where four hostages were held for six days. Throughout their imprisonment and while in harm's way, each hostage seemed to defend the actions of the robbers and even appeared to rebuke efforts by the government to rescue them. Months after their ordeal had ended, the hostages continued to exhibit loyalty to their captors to the point of refusing to testify against mm-hmm. them, as well as helping the criminals raise funds for legal representation and it's a common survival mechanism this is um the response of hostages intrigued um um has intrigued researchers and and they basically have determined that this kind of response is common um, as a survival mechanism. So I put all that out there um, to look at this from the standpoint of somebody who has been abused or is in an abusive situation right. and they are defending the person who is um, who's doing, you know, is ca- creating the problem. Right. 
question for you both. Have you witnessed this? Have you seen this happen? And is that person ready to get help? Are there things that need to happen before a person of this mindset can actually get helped? Uh, yeah, because you can't, when you, when you become so dependent upon your abuser, um, someone has to take you no matter what they do they do no wrong Mm -hmm. well yeah he hits me but i know he loves me Mm -hmm. you know he's just trying to protect me and keep me in line clearly you don't see that there's a problem that you're grown and he's not your dad Mm -hmm. um and it just really takes them someone has to be able to break through that 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 mindset because a lot of times that's what it is It's, it's a mindset that yeah he he's doing wrong but he still loves me Mm-hmm. Those two don't go hand right. in hand. You don't do those things to someone that you love and you want to see the best for. That's a controlling mechanism. Right. So they have to be able to see it from a different light. So it takes a deep dive into breaking that mindset, which can take anywhere from months to years, just depending on how deep mm-hmm. it's become. Right. So, jo- Jen, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as we talked about with the cycle of abuse, the abuse isn't 24-7, so there often is, there are times when your abuser is kind to you, even vulnerable, where you, you know, you see them as a, a kind, emotional person. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, I think people will also use excuses about, like, that someone's background is like, oh, they're having a really hard time at work right now, or they they just had such a rough time growing up, right. you know, they're working through those things as ways to kind of excuse the abuse. Right. Um and, yeah, I, I agree with Paula. I mean, it's, it has to be that person's decision to choose to leave a relationship that's abusive. And as as people on the outside as supporters, it can be difficult to see someone you care about to know that the relationship that they're in is not healthy or is abusive and that they continue going back or refuse to leave. And there are statistics that say it takes seven times of a victim leaving um, on average before they leave the situation for good. So there are are often times where they'll leave and then go back for whatever reason, emotional reasons, financial reasons. Um, So as people on the outside, I think we have to keep all those things in mind that this is complicated Mm -hmm. stuff and that Mm -hmm. if we go to someone we care about and just try to tell them what to do or place judgment on them they're probably going to alienate from us even more Mm -hmm. because they're already in a relationship where somebody is controlling them they don't Mm -hmm. want another person telling them what to do and they don't necessarily see it the way that you do right wow i mean that's that's really powerful and i i think that this tends to be the time when people lose their network of support Mm -hmm. because you know you're talking about seven different times and maybe after the third time they may stop sharing that this abuse happened again and and because everybody's sick of hearing about it well if you're not going to leave i don't want to hear about it that happens more often than Mm -hmm. people understand yeah and i try to tell people if you are a friend relative or whatever of someone that's being abused do not shun them. Do not send them away. Do not stop being that listening ear. Anytime I have opportunity to talk to people and I just let them know, I don't care if it takes them 10,000 times. You need to be that one person that they can come to 10,000 times and say, this is what's going on. X, Y, Z. I want to leave, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And then when they, if they come to you and like say they move in and you help them get away and they go back, 
don't just wash your hands of them. Understand yeah. that it's a cycle that has to be broken and it's a light bulb that has to go off before they say, you know what? I'm done. They have to do that on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to go to break. Um, one of the things that I, the question that comes to mind, and I'll pose it now so you can think about it when we come back, is how do the loved ones protect themselves? You know, because it's a dangerous situation right. for everyone, you know, and so some people back away so that they don't endanger themselves and their families as well. Um, so something to think about. How do the supporters protect themselves? We'll be right back. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within? Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta-da! to. Ta-da! Twinsies! <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Our freedom and security are made possible through the service and sacrifice of our military and first responders. The Gary Sinise Foundation provides many outreach programs supporting these brave men and women. Join us. Donate at GarySiniseFoundation.org. Deliberate dumbing down. Dumb down society. Deliberate dumbing down of America. Dumb down public. Why would they do this? Sensation Station Network. Radio, not dumb down. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and we are talking about domestic violence. I have Paula Foster here in the studio with me, and Jen Doe is on the phone. Um, and so we are looking at domestic violence. Um, and the, the last question I asked before we went to break is, you know, we were talking about supporters and how people don't, um, they give up. They're just right. kind of like, okay, you're not going to leave. I'm done with this. Right. I'm done with you. I'm out. Um, but for those who stay the course with the person in their lives, how do you protect yourself as a supporter of somebody who you know is dealing with domestic violence? Um, do, do you guys have any strategies for that? Is there... A way to to make sure that you're you are going to be safe. I, mm, that's a good question. I would probably say there's a way. There's a thin line between protecting yourself and protecting that person, even if it means that you have to call the police on their behalf because you don't know to the extent what that abuser mm-hmm. is going to do, or if you got the big brother that was in the military who suffered from PTSD anyway, mm-hmm. and he's looking for a way to let his anger out. I mean, I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but maybe send him over there or someone that mm-hmm. you know is not going to be concern Mm -hmm. you know um but if you feel like you know i don't want to endanger my life my children's lives or whatever the case may be there's a way 
to be there without being there. Without and it may, it may say, well, you know what? I really, Dr. Pam, you know, I know that you're in this relationship. But for my safety, when you need me, call me with that secret word. I'll get the police on the phone. Mm-hmm. If you need me, call me with that secret word and I'll send my cousin mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. But it still shows that you're supportive, mm-hmm. but at the same time, protecting your space and protecting your family and your future. Right, right. Do you have anything to add, Jen? I, I think those are great strategies. Um, I think often people, if they do, like, leave an abusive relationship, they may go and stay with friends or family. And mm-hmm. so I think being cautious around that, too, that, that that is putting those other people potentially in danger because mm-hmm. the abuse doesn't necessarily stop just right. because someone leaves. So right. keeping that in mind and um, if there are kids in the situation, I mean, kind of coming up with um, an exit strategy if something does go wrong, something, you know, the same way that we, we do fire drills and things like that yes. and figure out what is the Absolutely. safe exit. I mean, this is something that, that you can do in a similar way. But I think what Paula had to say around, you know, being able to have that safe word and know that that's someone who who can you can call, but they're not necessarily going to directly intervene in the situation, but they can, you know, call police or send Mm -hmm. someone in Mm -hmm. um, for help or something like that. Yeah. I I think that's so important because a lot of times people don't want to get involved because, you know, because of the, the other afraid. Um, But, it's important to know that there are ways to get involved without inserting yourself and in, right. in, in endangering, endangering yourself as well. Um, and of course, everything is, you know, things are not predictable. So you, you never really know um, what can happen. Um, the, as part of the article on um, Stockholm Syndrome, there was, I, I read the concept of traumatic entrapment. And that's just kind of that idea that you are held, you know, you're against your will, right. your power is taken away. There's another um concept here that talks about how anxiety and fear um, are essential to survival. So it's if you are feeling anxiety and fear in your situation and you're not sure if it's abusive or not, you, that anxiety and that fear is kicking in for a reason. For a reason yeah. um, it, it could be completely irrational, but it's something that you have to pay attention, pay attention to, to and at right. least explore, right. you know, to find out, is there something here that I really need to be paying attention right. to? Um, fear... Um, you know, while it can be very positive and while it can be a lifesaver, um, fear is um, can also be associated with freezing and, you know, just kind of not doing anything right. and just kind of being a, a deer in headlights. And so um, so really important that the fear that is felt is um, that you're able to mobilize with it. So if you're in a state of of, of being frozen, sometimes just reaching out to somebody and so, saying, here's mm-hmm. where I am. I, I don't even know. Right. I can't, but I just got to tell you where I am. Right. You know, and I, and I do have people like that in my life that I can reach out to and just say, I, I'm just stuck. I'm stuck. Yeah. Let me tell you where my head is right yeah. now. Maybe you can help mobilize me so that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's, and then when I talk about the balance challenge, being, being ally for somebody, that's what I mean. Right. Being somebody that they can call and say, you know what? I don't have answers right now. I may not even need you to give me answers. I, I just need, need you to, to listen. listen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> so um, the last thing I wanted to cover is the whole idea of creating a safety plan, getting out, you know, be, I, I love the idea. I, I can't remember which one of you said it, but it, it was just the idea of um, having like an emergency exit of like a fire drill and just, yeah. you know, have a plan. And, um, 
leaving an abusive abuser can be dangerous. This is what I mentioned earlier. Um, so consider taking these precautions. And this comes again from Mayo Clinic. Call a domestic violence hotline for advice. Uh, make the call at a safe time when the abuser is not around or from a friend's house or another safe location. Um, pack an emergency bag that includes items you'll need when you leave, such as extra clothes and keys. Leave the bag in a safe place. Keep important personal papers, money, prescription medications handy so that you can take them with you on short notice. I think this is something people don't think about. Right. But, you know, the trunk of your car may not even be the best place. You know, somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a strategy that either of you have heard about before? Yes. It's a strategy that I wish I would have had. Mm. I mean, thankfully, I was able to get out because it was my place. Mm-hmm. So it was just a matter of getting him out. Mm-hmm. But you do have those who have become so financially dependent upon yeah. their abuser. So emotionally, he has control to everything. Yes. So I definitely agree because a lot of times when when you leave that situation, you're leaving scared because you mm-hmm. don't know if he's going to pop up at any given turn while you're trying to run. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say, especially those important papers, birth certificates, social security cards, bank statements, yes. driver's license, all of that needs to be in a very safe place for me i won't tell y'all where my safe place is mm-hmm. but i can guarantee you that if i can't find it at my house mm-hmm. it's at the other location right and it it pays especially if you're moving or you have to get out of somewhere in a rush you don't have to worry about oh my god where is this oh my god where is that you already know that it's there especially when you're leaving an abusive relationship you may not have time to look for anything. So right. you may tear the house up just trying to get the important essentials of day-to-day living. And it's like the last thing you need to be concerned no, about yeah. is paperwork. Because when you're frantic, I mean, I had a friend in an abusive situation and I got the phone call. He's here. Oh, my God. I'm hiding in the bathroom. Please call 911. Right. I'm on the other side of town and I'm shaking. I can't even dial 911. So I can't even imagine what the nerves must be like. In the midst of a situation, now you're trying it. to pull together paperwork, and yeah, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so know exactly. And the last piece I didn't mention was know exactly where you'll go, where you're going to go, and how you're going to get there. Right. Um, protect your communication and location. This is a little bit about you know how technology can get involved here. Um, an abuser can use technology to monitor your phone and your online communication. And to track your physical location. This has happened to me before. Um, if you're concerned for your safety, seek help um, to maintain your privacy. So use your phones cautiously. Um, use your home computer cautiously. Remove GPS devices from your vehicle. Check your vehicle right. for GPS devices. Frequently change your email password and clear your viewing history. Wow, all of those things when I was in a certain relationship had been violated. Yep. You know, all of those things. Um so that's very interesting. Anything to add to this, Jen? Um, yeah, I think I, I really, you know, appreciated the the tip on just calling a domestic violence hotline. And I think, you know, when it comes to technology, this can be really helpful, too. Uh, even if somebody isn't necessarily, like, seeking shelter, mm-hmm. they can still call or, or go to a local program and talk with an advocate who can help them with this safety planning. Friend, friends and family can also make that call mm-hmm. or go in and talk to somebody to get advice. So right. I think using those resources is so important because I know when I worked at a domestic violence shelter, we got lots of calls from concerned friends or family members that just wanted advice on even how to start the conversation. Mm. Um, those advocates are also 
you know, kept very much up to date on, like, what some of these new technological things are to look out for and how to safety plan around those things. So use your local resources um, to help with that safety plan. And definitely there's lots around technology that we have to keep in mind. Speaking of local resources, um, I happen to know, again, from my scholar friend who focuses on domestic violence against men, in the state of Texas, they have a couple of um, um, shelters for men, you know, which is really interesting. And yes, yes, because they're really, again, men, um, are, are, are intimidated from reporting because they are made to think that you're a man, you should be able to protect yourself. Um, but there are actually, if you're in the state of Texas, you know, be something to look into. Um, if that is a need is, you know, there is, there are shelters there for men. Um, we're going to go to break and we will be right back on the live exchange. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold I want to be day. A football stadium. I want stadium. to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. This is big business. This is the American Network. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right, so this week's balance challenge, I'm going to send you off with a challenge, and that challenge is to connect with two or three of your friends, family members, loved ones, your mother, your father, somebody in your life who you care about, and become an ally for them. Um, We don't necessarily always know who has our back because we just haven't talked about it with people, and we assume that nobody wants to hear about our woes and our issues well make yourself somebody who's willing to listen to somebody's woes and somebody's issues you may not even need to they may not even need to call on you but if you just let them know look i have your back let's create a a safe word let's um 
have a, a safety plan. If I'm in a relationship or you're in a relationship, let's make sure we have each other's right. back. And here's how we're going to do it. And so create a plan that will work for you and the loved one in your life. So your challenge this week is to do exactly that. Um, wait, I need to know what that signal was about. We Are we done? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to be candy here. So <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Everybody successful lays a blueprint out. You laid the blueprint out. I stayed true to my dreams. And by doing that, eventually it came true. A lot of times, you know, it's like in life, right? Life brings like drama and you got to deal with this person and then you your relationship here and all these things. You try and just kind of balance them out as best I can. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out Everybody your way. Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what real beasts do. Unleash your beast. Break your history. Hey, Dr. Phil here. You know, I help people solve difficult problems every day, but one problem has me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. Luckily, the Feeding America network of local food banks collects surplus food, giving hope to hungry children and their families. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I got to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by Red Door Consulting. Red Door Consulting, a boutique management consulting firm that prides itself as an innovative leader in brand development. Let Red Door Consulting upgrade you and your business today. Visit them at reddoorconsulting8.com. That's the number eight, reddoorconsulting8.com. And guess who is responsible for the look on my face today? Yes, that is BBLA Cosmetics. Check them out. They do full service facials and skincare and makeup. It's their own line of makeup. Great stuff. www.breathebeautyla.com. BBLA, BreatheBeautyLA.com. So just to kind of wrap things up, we've got, I mean, so much to cover. Um, and, and I'm hoping that what we were able to cover is going to be helpful right. to somebody. Um, but the last thing I want to say is in an emergency, um, of course, in an emergency, you want to call 911 right. or your local emergency number. Um, but seek help from someone you trust. Turn to a friend, relative, neighbor. Um, call the domestic violence hotline. That's 800-799-SAFE. 800-799-SAFE. This hotline provides crisis intervention and referrals to resources. Um, you can seek help from your health care provider, a counselor, mm -hmm. or mental health center, um, and even a local court. Your district court can help you obtain a restraining order that legally mandates the abuser to stay away from you or face arrest. And this staying away from you also includes social media. Right. So they cannot have any kind of way to intimidate you at all. Do either of you have um, any final words? Or both of you. I know you both do. So <laughs> <laughs> what would what, what would be your, your final words of wisdom for our listeners today? We'll start with Jen. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, try to learn as much as you can about this issue. Um, find out what your local resources are. Most states have uh, a statewide domestic violence coalition or an organization um, like COVA, where I work. Um, so you can, you know, find those online. We have a 
online resource directory, and a lot of local domestic violence programs uh, offer awareness raising and educational events. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes they'll have like lengthy 30 to 40 hour trainings that Mm -hmm. potential volunteers can go through. So think about volunteering, getting involved, or often they will allow the public to attend those or certain sessions just to um, learn more about the issue. I think the more people are educated and aware of this issue, the more that awareness and education gets spread to other people, and that's that's how we can address this issue. Absolutely. Okay. Paula? Um, I would say if you've, if anything has touched you today, or if you've experienced this, or you know someone that has be like you said on the on the challenge be their ally mm-hmm. and because i'm such a huge advocate for our youth we got to stop com- we, as adults we have to come out of this world of isolation yeah. iron sharpens iron if you see something that's not going right in any use mm-hmm. we have to get back to that village yeah so if even if it means volunteering in a school or talking to your kids but let's get out here and reach our youth because they're being affected more than we know right um teen dating violence is at an all-time high and it starts as early as 11 wow so if you begin to notice changes in your niece your nephew your daughter your son whatever the case may be take the time don't say oh they're just being a teenager Mm -hmm. oh that's just their hormones everything is not to blame on their hormones everything is not to blame on them being a teenager take a minute to take a deeper dive and see what's going on and be there for our kids okay and also volunteering and just like she said doing your research knowing what's going on and just partnering with others to bring awareness because it is an epidemic that stays so under the carpet right and it's time for that it's time for it to stop yes absolutely well um just in in final and and I'll make sure that I I post how to find each of you. Your um, Paula, you're at the the Fostering Farts. F- F- fostering wow, farts. <laughs> wow, Fostering Hearts. <laughs> wow, I bet that's a new one. Right. Foundation, Fostering Hearts Foundation. Right. And Jen, you are with the Colorado. Can you say it again so I don't butcher it? <laughs> Uh, the Colorado Organization for Victim Assistance, or COVA for short. Got it. Okay. Well, uh, in, in closing, abuse breeds shame, fear, lasting trauma, and cycles of ongoing abuse. I think Dr. Brene Brown said it best when she said that silence is the breeding ground for shame, and shame only perpetuates more silence and more toxic behaviors. But there are those who heal. There are those who escape. There are those who get help, and there are those who stop abusing. And it is my hope that today's conversation can lead into a step of the in the right direction for someone who needs help. One life healed can impact everyone in that person's circle of influence. National call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-SAFE. Thank you so much for tuning in to the live exchange where we exchange compelling dialogue around love, politics, and intellect. Join us next Thursday from 11 to 1 right here on the Sensation Station where I will be joined by fitness gurus who have transformed their lives through the transformation of their bodies. That's Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, Ms. Cassandra Roll, and Mr. Lorenzo Butler. I'm Dr. Pamela, and remember, love yourself to life, dance confidently in the dark, and dream wildly unrealistic dreams. Have a wonderful week.